1: Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a 5-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the Fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience.
2: Hey, you done yet?
1: We got to start the show. Zzzz mm-hmm.
2: The rebound is loose. Seven kicks are loose. Hey everyone's fans. Welcome to the Black and Gold Prospects Podcast, Episode 8. We're recording this on December 10th, 2019, and the show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag, set up a free account. Lots of fun. If you're better, if you're new to it, try it out. But when you do go there and get a free code, please put in CLNS50. You get a nice little sweet 50% bonus, first-time bonus when you, when you drop your first-time deposit. So, Go check it out and try to win some money and send it to me and Tim. Uh, speaking of Tim, Tim, welcome back this week. How's everything going? Pretty great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's uh, um, we were not going to talk about the Bruins, the NHL National Hockey League Bruins. We are going to sit on that for a little while and we're gonna <sighs> we're gonna vent our frustrations and step away from that and and talk about the prospects that are uh, developing across the world. So. I'm glad that you're here again to join me in this awesome talk. And uh, actually, what I do want to do is I uh, I want to give a shout out to a, a tremendous family. Um, uh, Pete Frades passed away yesterday. The family uh, came out with an official statement. And if you don't know who Mr. Frades was or is, um, he was uh, he is a, a, a tremendous person athlete and uh, in Massachusetts native Beverly which is close by to to my area that uh, had came down with ALS eight years ago and uh, he passed away yesterday but more notably his his him and his family um, were were big advocates for a cure for ALS and and uh, which prompted him to start the ice bucket challenge which has been absolutely amazing in uh, raising money to uh, find a cure for scientists to keep working and keep, you know, d- grinding away to get uh, a cure for this disease. Um, and and thankfully with his efforts in those, in the eight years, or whenever he actually, whenever it actually started, they managed to raise $200 million worldwide. So that's, that's a huge, huge thing uh, for him and his family. But unfortunately he, he just, his his fight ended yesterday, and uh, I, I personally want to just take a moment and just say, you know, to the family that we're thinking of them, and and during these difficult times, and and continue the fight because this is a this is a battle that's going to keep going on. But the footprints have been laid out by him and his family, so uh, kudos to them and uh, anybody that's going through this terrible disease. Uh, just keep fighting like Pete did, and and uh, hopefully, um, you know. Sooner or later, we'll get, we'll get there. But uh, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to touch on that and just say, because it, it is a very touching thing. And, um, and, and it's, a, it's about awareness, too. So, um, yeah, we're all about, you know, positive things around here. And when positive people do it, we, we like to, to recognize. But uh, thoughts go out to the family, friends, and close ones to Pete Frates
0: absolutely tremendous person and it's very rare that someone has the opportunity to kind of impact so many lives in their own lifetime and he had that opportunity and he really took it and ran with it he um just just an all-around great person and um from every account just the absolute biggest fighter in the world so yeah just Thank you to the family for everything they've done for research. And once we finally find a cure for that terrible disease, a lot of it is going to be due to the work that they've put into it.
2: Absolutely. Well said, Tim. All right. Um, let's get right to the uh, Boston Bruins prospects cause that's what we're here for. Um, the uh was set off in the american hockey league with the providence bruins the top minor pro affiliate of the boston bruins played in three games last week and um wasn't kind of an up and down uh homestand they played three straight at home which is which is not uncommon but it's uh it's very rare that you play i mean the the providence bruins play regularly on their regular season three games during the weekend but not always three at the dunk so this particular weekend was um, was first responders weekend, and this is where the team, the fans, and I believe the state of Rhode Island uh, take a moment to uh, reflect on those who are who are watching our backs as as first responders uh, in the fire department, uh, EMS, and police department, and also uh, throwing the military there too because they always have our back. So this was this weekend was to honor them, um, but uh, like I said, it was kind of a roller coaster ride. Uh, of emotions when, you, when you're a Providence Bruins fan and, and when we cover them as we do, as you and I, Tim, we see, the, uh, we see what happens on the regular. So um, let's get started. On December 6th, Friday, December 6th, 2019, at the Dunkin' Donut Center, the Binghamton Devils come to town and uh, the, the Providence Bruins get on the board early at the 351 mark of the first period. With a Paul Carey goal, he scores his tenth from Sudnica and Fitzgerald. The second goal of the game comes in the first period at the eleven sixteen mark. That is Cooper Zek, defenseman Cooper Zek gets his first goal of the year from Brendan Gaunce and Robert Lantosi. Um, the third Providence Bruins goal came in the second period, and a three to one lead. At the 331 mark from Yuna Kampanen, his fifth from Bakanainen and Cooperzak. Uh, at the 1232 mark of the second period, Providence increases their lead to a four to one to four to one on a Peter Solaric goal. His seventh from Lauko and Robert Lantosi. That is a power play goal. So good on Solaric for getting the PP. Um, and one minute later. Yona uh, Kompantin gets his second goal of the game, his sixth of the season, at the 13:32 mark, giving the Providence Bruins a 5-1 lead, assisted by Jakub Saboril and Cooper Zek on the power play. So the power play is definitely working in this game. Uh, Paul Carey scores his 11th at the 3:32 mark of the third period, giving the Providence Bruins a 6-1 lead, that was assisted by Brendan Gaunce and Cooper Zek. Cooper uh, Zek, an unbelievable game we will talk about that and uh, obviously Binghamton would come back to score their their uh, second goal of the game but it was not enough the Providence Bruins wrap up this one the first game of first responders weekend with a 62 victory so I uh, Manny uh, Manny Lagasse I did that again um, <laughs> Maxime Lagasse uh, who has play, been playing outstanding this season definitely the best Providence Bruins goaltender, stop 21 of 23. Uh, Tim, thoughts on this game because it was just a an outpouring of offense and uh, a great way to start first respond this weekend. Yeah, it was a great game all
0: around. Um, the team was pretty efficient, which was nice to see. I mean, they scored six goals on 23 total shots, so that's a pretty efficient game. Uh, two for three on the power play, which was excellent. Um, they only gave up one power play goal. And overall, um, Binghamton was one for five on the power play. Feel bad for uh, Corey Schneider, the goalie who was in net for five of the goals for the Devils because uh, how the mighty have fallen yeah. uh, there. It's just kind of a sad thing to see. Uh, Lagasse was great. He was on top of his game. And uh, most notably, as you said earlier, I Zach had a great game. He had a goal and three assists, 4.9. Uh, he was the first star of the game. It's really good to see him have a strong showing. He's kind of had a rough year as of, to start out the year. Uh, he actually only had one point uh, going into the game, uh, which was an assist. So it's nice to see him have that 4.9 and kind of see his ability uh, on display there. I think that I was really excited about him going into the season. Uh, I still think he's going to be a good player. Um, It just takes time to adjust to uh, the AHL game sometimes. I mean, he was only a freshman in college, and after his freshman year, he decided to leave college and sign the AHL deal with Providence. So, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely not easy doing that, but – Good to see that, and good to see him. He had a big weekend overall, so uh, that's really nice to see uh, because going into the weekend in 14 games, he only had the one assist, like I said.
2: Yeah, uh, a solid uh, defenseman in his own end and so on, but it, his his offense is definitely picking up uh, this weekend and hopefully it does continue, like you mentioned. Uh, More notably I'm really impressed lately, um, and we don't talk enough about him as, uh, as you and a companion, uh, he scored two goals in this game. And honestly, this kid has really worked hard uh, to not go back down to Atlanta. I think that that was uh, a, a real kick in the ass to him to work harder and show uh, head coach Jay Leach that he really wants to be there and be a part of it. But with the, the, um, the mass amount of players down in Providence that are trying to work on a, on a schedule, he just got the uh, – he wasn't playing enough and wasn't playing good to stay in there regularly, which ultimately gave him the demotion down to Atlanta. But since he's been back, he's been really, really working hard. Uh, I don't have the numbers on him since he's been up, but they've been really good. Uh, yeah. He's been really involved uh, in that fourth line, third line role. Uh, and he doesn't get top, top um, six minutes or anything like that, more of a bottom 12. But uh, really working hard, and, and uh, I like the way he's been playing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's been great. It's only his, he's only 21. It's only his second professional season. Uh, He's played in 17 games with Providence um, has six goals and four assists, 10 points in the 17 games. So it's a 0.59 point per game right there. And he had um, when he was in Atlanta in five games with Atlanta, he had a goal and four assists. So, I mean, he's, he's really gotten the offensive numbers going and, uh, like you said, it's really good to see for him and uh, a player like that. You know, he when he played over in uh, Finland, he scored a lot in the under twenty league there. Uh, in his first, in his only real year with the uh, with the older above twenty league, uh, he had fourteen points in forty five games. It's in Liga, which is like their top league there in Finland. Um, so it's really nice to see and um, I mean a couple of years ago he played for Finland in the World Juniors and had four points in five games so he's shown the ability to score and it's nice that it's finally coming through on the uh, North American ice.
2: Yeah absolutely well said too and, and well way to bring the uh, the finish stats uh, from across the uh, the ocean over to the, uh, the Black and Gold Prospects pod big guy I love it. Absolutely. All right, moving on to game number two of the weekend. It was on December 7th, Saturday, 2019. The Utica Comets come to town, and um, this was another interesting game. Dan Vladar gets the start in goal. Uh, This is his second start in as many games since returning from injury, which is a lower body injury in Laval uh, in October. So he's been out on the shelf for a while, but – uh, like we said last week, he gets the, uh, I believe it was a four to nothing or a two to nothing shutout. Do yes. You remember? It, was believe, a, it was a it shutout regardless, but
0: I believe it was the four to nothing shutout. Yes.
2: Yeah. So he comes in and he, and he looks he looked good. Um, and, and I'm happy that he's, uh, getting a little consistency after that injury, but, um, this this seems to be a trend that we're talking about and it's always that the Providence Bruins are scoring first and Paul Carey got his 12th in the second period at the 102 mark um, from Lantosi and Josiah Didier and the, um, the Utica Comets tie it up on a uh, Bailey goal at the 1619 mark of the second period Providence bounced back. On a, on a Brandon Gauntz, his seventh goal from Lantosi and Paul Carey at the seven eighteen mark of the third period. And then what do you know? Utica scores again at seventeen fifteen on a Ryan Boucher from Oli Ulevi. And uh, th- that was tied at two. So they go to overtime and nothing doing in the extra frame. So they go to the shootout. In the shootout, Robert Lantosi was the only uh, player. And, and ultimately the Providence player that scored in the shootout and given them a goal. And let me tell you, the, uh, the last opportunity that Utica had to at least tie the shootout, Dan Vladara came out real strong and just robbed – I'm not sure who it was. I think it was Reed Boucher – robbed him with an unbelievable glove save to seal this, the 3-2 the to two shootout win um so uh Vodar stopped 21 of 23 shots and uh i thought he was really good i thought the team uh really fought back well to get the uh the extra point and um and so uh your thoughts
0: yeah uh it was a great game unfortunately they were over four on the power play which is kind of unfortunate they were they gave up one power play goal and three opportunities there um the one the big thing, like you said, uh with Vladar is he played really well, but that during the shootout he played he played big. He kind of eliminated a lot of the area the net for uh Utica and uh gave them very little to shoot at. So that was really good. Um I will say the goalie for uh, Utica was on fire. His name is Richard Bachman. He stopped 41 of 43 shots.
2: So can you, can you believe that that was his first game of the season back from an injury and he puts up those numbers? I thought he played fantastic. And I also learned that I think that he's the only professional player ever to come out of Utah.
0: Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wild that he's just coming back from injury, like you said. That I mean, he was on fire, he was getting peppered like from start to finish. I think the, the I mean, Providence came out on fire having 16 shots in the first period, he stopped all of them. They had 19 in the second period, and he stopped all but uh one. And then they then the defense of Utica kind of shored up a little bit, only gave up seven shots in the third, and then only won in overtime. So, yeah, he, the Bruins came out firing early and often, and he was up to the task. He was great. Um, it was a it was a really nice goaltender battle in general. And um, Providence has taken both games against Utica this year that they've played, and Utica's a tough team. So, uh, these are good wins that you like to see.
2: Absolutely. And in game two of the uh, first responders weekend, they, they... – go on and they get four points uh, in two games. So uh, moving on to the final game of the, the, uh, the three-game homestand brings a very tough uh, Hartford Wolfpack club to the Dunkin' Donuts Center on December eighth, two 2019. Um, and this was just a, a, a really lopsided affair. The, the ice was definitely tilted in the, in the Wolfpack's um, direction, um, and, and it started early. The, uh, the Wolfpack go up three to nothing, uh, within, uh, they go up one, nothing in the first period. Then they go up two to nothing in the second period and then three to nothing in the second period. And then from desperation, uh, the Providence Bruins try to get back on a power play goal from Cameron Hughes, his third from, um, uh, Ryan Fitzgerald and Cooper Zach continuing to have a great weekend. Cooper Zach at the uh fifteen forty three mark of the second and but that was it uh the the uh wolfpack score on a vanilla Terry goal at the fourteen thirty two mark and and it sealed the deal for them with a four to one victory um, the uh uh, Max Max Lagasse, he stopped eighteen of twenty-two. Not his not his greatest outing this 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 uh this season, but I really can't put a lot of the blame on him because I thought he played very well. But and I thought that the Bruins uh, defense and forward uh, they were all miss, missing coverages, uh, a couple turnovers uh, created that really left um, Lagasse out to dry and and I mean making a one save, but nobody was there to help him for that second shot that ultimately went in.
0: Yeah, it was it was a tough game for the defense overall, uh, as you said. And it's really tough to get down so much so early. I mean, being down 3-0 is really tough. And, I mean, it's been really key for the Bruins this season um, to score first and be leading. I mean, when when the Providence Bruins are down after the first pl- period, they're only 2-6-1-1 one, one on the year. And when they're trailing after two – they're 1-5, 0-1. On the flip side, when they're up after the first period, they're 9-0, and when they're up on, after the second period, they're 12-0. and So it's really key for them uh, to not get down and not get down early. And it's just one of those games where they couldn't dig themselves out of the hole that they were in, and it's tough, and it stinks. But the it's kind of a letdown game. After, you know, it's the third game in three days, you kind of expect the team to be tired. And they just seemed a step behind uh, Hartford in af- going after the puck and things like that. And that ultimately led to their uh, loss.
2: Yeah, and, and one thing that I've, I got out of this game uh, is the is the penalties that the, the Providence Bruins took. Um, Trent Frederick, uh, he's playing okay. Nothing really flashy, nothing that's going to, like, like blow blow us away, and we have to talk about, but we do have to talk about his penalties because he I think he's in like the top three of penalties uh four in the league, and uh- a, a slashing and a roughing call at the ten fifty nine mark of the third period that doesn't help when you're trying to get back and Oscar Steen obviously the elbow at seventeen twenty nine you know in those in that third period it's desperation time, and you need you need all hands on deck you can't take. Uh, selfish penalties, regardless of liberties that might've been taken, uh, uh, that Hartford might've been taken on your uh, own players. That's a time of uh, let's soak it up and let's try to get these two points in a, in a perfect weekend. But unfortunately stuff happens and, and, and calls don't go our way, but uh, I'd like to see this team stay out of the box a little bit more. I know it's a little, it's hard to, you know, it's, it's not so easy when you're saying it from your, your, uh, your studio chair and so on, but hopefully um, hopefully they get back to it uh, because th- this is a solid Providence Bruins team on paper and they should be, and they're doing good. I mean, the, the, it, we'll talk about the, uh, the rankings and where they are in, in, the, in the Atlantic and the, uh, in the Eastern Conference and so on. So they're, they're definitely a good team, but they're just going to be playing a little better. It kind of reflects the NHL Bruins. You know, it's like the same thing that's going on up there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I agree. And like you said, the penalties—we've talked about that before. Um, that's pretty bad. I mean, uh, the Trent Frederick in twenty-four games already has uh, sixty penalty minutes—two and a half penalty minutes a game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an awful lot. You don't—you never want to see that. And as a team, the Bruins have three hundred and thirty-nine penalty points on the season in twenty-seven games meaning they have 12.5 penalty minutes a game. When you're on the kill that often, it's really hard to be successful. And it's a testament to how well they're playing that they actually do have, um, they are actually doing so well when they put themselves at a disadvantage so often.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's just discipline hockey. You know, you're not, you're not, you can't win from the penalty box and you, you put you're putting your, you're putting your your team down a man is it's and especially when you're coming back from behind, it's, it's never easy to do. So um, after, after 27 games so far in the 2019 20 regular season, the Providence Bruins have a 16, eight, one, and two record with 35 points. Good for second place in the Atlantic division and third place in the Eastern conference. Bruins are six, five, Oh, and one at home. Nice to see them getting over that 500 mark. Finally. Um, and a 10, three, one, and one, record on the road. The American Hockey League team from the state of Rhode Island is 7-2-1 in their last 10 games. So before we go to the upcoming schedule for the week, I want to tell you about our fantastic show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Hockey season, football season, and basketball seasons are all in full swing. Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball or even puck. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild propositions as who the next NHL coach will be fired, uh, who will make the college football playoffs, and who will be the NFL MVP get the fastest two market odds updates and payouts with our new sports book partners betonline.ag head over to betonline.ag today on your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus betonline.ag your online sports book experts so Tim uh, looking at the upcoming schedule we have three games that we're going to discuss uh real quickly uh tomorrow night december 11th at 6.05 p.m the providence bruins are home uh against the syracuse crunch the top minor pro affiliate of the tampa bay lightning uh, i believe this is the first time this season that these two clubs have seen each other so i really can't gauge uh what we can expect in and what kind of team uh, the Providence Bruins are going to uh, show up with because of the, uh, the tough game on Sunday. So hopefully they have enough rest and ready for a, a battle at home in front of the home crowd. But then Saturday, December 14th at 7.05, the Providence Bruins travel to Springfield, Massachusetts, to play the Springfield Thunderbirds, which is always a, a tough test against the cross-state rival. Um, and finally, on Sunday, to end the, uh, the three-game week at 3.05 p.m. Springfield, once again, comes to Providence at the dunk to play the Providence Bruins, and I will be there covering the game as a media member in the press box. So looking forward to that game and looking forward to some interviews afterwards. Um, before we take off of the American Hockey League Providence Bruins, I do want to mention that on Saturday night, um, this is December 7th, uh, I believe it was uh, towards the end of the first period, uh, La- <laughs> Jakob Lalko, uh was uh, going into the boards near the benches and took an elbow to the face. And it was, it was so weird. I know we talked about it on the Black and Gold Hockey podcast with Heather Ingerson. But uh, I found out later on that it was an elbow. So when he when he went into the board to make contact, uh, the player, I, I don't know who play, who it was, but put the elbow up. Contact was made and it was weird because Lauka was up for at least a second and then just immediately went right down to the ice without movement. So uh, he was structured off of the ice, unfortunately, but. Good news is that he um, did not require attention uh, from the emergency room. He didn't even get transported. Um, I'm told uh, the next morning I went to uh, I went and contacted a source of mine that's close to the Providence Bruins and Boston Bruins organization. They confirmed that he has a concussion and he is week to week. Uh, and also Mark Diver also uh, came out and uh, mentioned too that uh, he's week to week. He's going to be out now this is this is unfortunate because it could be it could be uh something that he might miss the uh upcoming world juniors for his Czech Republic team so I uh, don't know, but uh at least he's up and around his his belt might have been wrong a little bit but um i it i'm I'm kind of happy the way the outcome is if you can actually be happy about an injury like that because uh the way he fell, I thought it was um internal like heart related like we've been seeing lately these these players they they're working their asses off and so on and they collapse because of a a heart issue and that's exactly what i thought when i when i first saw it um tim did you happen to watch the game too yeah it was weird um
0: like you said the way the angle um that we had with ahl tv it didn't look like he was touched. So it looked like it was like a non-contact thing. And Whenever it's a non-contact thing, those are generally really bad. Anywhere from heart to, you know, the knee or Achilles exploding, something that's really bad. And so like when, when you see something like that, the worst is running through your mind. You're like, Holy cow, what could this be? Luckily, um, it wasn't really a non contact injury. He did have that elbow, uh, which is kind of, like you said, almost a refreshing in a way. Uh, the good news is that he did, like you said, he didn't need uh, to go to the hospital, didn't need uh, much medical attention. Concussions are tricky. You never know uh, how someone's going to respond to them. But given what could have been it's probably the best case scenario
2: yeah and he was seen outside of the locker room uh at the end of the game right after the third period um walking around so um and in somewhat uh okay spirits i know he probably have a serious headache and so on but um yeah i mean it's just good to see him that he's you know up upright and so on uh, no spine injury it's not heart related so um, all in all it's 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 good but hopefully he recovers quickly because uh, like Mark Diver uh, of the rinkside Rhode Island.com, right he's a writer for that website and that's that's his his own website um, you know he mentioned that when uh, when he talked to uh, Lauco about uh, the world juniors I mean his face just really lit up I mean he was really excited to go home join his team uh, for camp and they get it done. And it's, it's actually in his home country, I believe, uh, of Czech Republic. So um looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, I mean, just unfortunate. It, it is, it's, it's a fast sport. Things happen. You know, you have to, you have to realize that this stuff is going it, to, it's, it's, it's inevitable, believe it or not, but it's just too bad. The timing of uh, when the world juniors is happening. And I heard he was going to supposed to be leaving uh, two days after that, so who knows what 's going to happen now, but we will definitely keep you informed
0: absolutely yeah it's um, like you said, he was excited for for that, and it seems like a lot of the uh, players that you see coming from uh, European countries they always seem so much more excited for the international tournaments um, than players from North America. It seems like they put way more stock in it. Um, over there, so the excitement was pretty was pretty easy to see. And playing in front of your home country like that, he was gonna be able to do that for the first time in a while. And um, hopefully, they hopefully he's able to recover soon, and hopefully he's able to still play for him.
2: Yeah, I have some um, some information about the the World Juniors at the end of the show when we get done with our. NCAA topics but we're going to jump to the East Coast Hockey League the Atlanta Gladiators uh, the Gladiators played in three games last week <clears throat> starting on Wednesday night December 4th against the visiting South Carolina Stingrays where Atlanta lost 5-3 to three. the next two games the Glads traveled to Orlando Florida to play the to play two straight games against the at the Amway Center against the Solar Bears on Friday night, December sixth, the visiting Glads lost to the Solar Bears by a score of three to one in regulation. And the next night, on December seventh, the team from Atlanta would get redemption and beat Orlando, the Orlando club, in overtime, three to two. The Glads are back on ice for three games this week, starting on Wednesday night, December eleventh, which is tomorrow night, as we record this, on the road against the South Division third-place Greenville Swamp Rabbits. I love that name. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Friday night, December 13th, the Gladys travel back home to the Infinite Energy Arena in Atlanta to play the South Division's sixth-place Jacksonville Iceman. Finally, to end the week, the Atlanta club travels to the Norfolk Scope in Norfolk, Virginia, to take on the South Division's last-place Admirals team. Um, as we sit right now on Tuesday, Dece- uh, December 10th, the AA minor pro affiliate of the NHL's Boston Bruins sits in the fourth spot in the South Division and has a 9-8-0 and o record with in 17 games and 5-5-0 five, five and o in their last 10. So a uh, little bit of struggle as they, as they were the, the third-place team last week when we, when we got together and talked. Um, so who knows? Um, since we're on the topic of the uh, ECHL Atlanta Gladiators – um, Mark Diver mentioned that the Providence Bruins have uh, 12 forwards um, so there might be a call up sooner or later um, I would guess that that call up could be either Scott Conway who, who, was, who played well in his time with Providence recently or Samuel Asseline, uh who also played well those guys are really doing a good job down in Atlanta so look for them to, to make the call.
0: Absolutely.
2: All right. Now we're going to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the Moncton Wildcats Bruins' 2018 second-round pick. Axel Anderson played in three games last week, earning an assist in Moncton's 62 victory over Victorville on Thursday, December 5th. He went pointless in his next two games against Sherbrooke on Friday, December 6th, and a 63 loss in Drummondville on December 7th and another 63 loss. Anderson has 11 assists so far this season and is still chasing down his first career Quebec Major Junior Hockey League goal and has 3 chances coming up this week to break the ice once again. The Wildcats play St. John on Wednesday, December 11th tomorrow night, Friday, December 13th against Cape Breton and finish up the week's action on Saturday night, December 14th against Acadie-Bathurst. Although Moncton is currently on a two-game losing streak heading into this week's action, they still sit in the second-place spot in the Q's Eastern Conference with a 22-8-0-0 record and 44 points. They're currently 6-4-0 in their last 10 games. So I really want to see – I've been watching Axel. I I haven't been watching all of his games because just due to time – but when I do have a chance to see his game, I mean, the kid is so defensive sound, and he's really developing well uh, and, and making the best of his rookie season with Moncton, and that team is is pretty, is pretty stacked. I believe that they could, uh, you know, keep going back and forth with, I believe it's Sherbrooke that's that's leading the league right now, or or that t- typical division. But um, I, I, I want to see Axel get that goal, because I think that, like I said, it would break the ice, but also... It's a, it's a confidence boost right there for him to produce a little more offensively that, that he has uh, been able to do. Um, not explosive numbers over in Europe, but when, when he has the puck and he has time and space, he, he, he can make something to do with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, he, he has great instincts with the puck, he's a good puck mover. Um, he's able to come out of his own zone and kind of lead a rush, which is really nice. And he's really uh, been able to show that uh, with, the, with the Wildcats. And, I mean, with his time over in uh, Sweden, I mean, his last year in Sweden, which was last year, he was, you know, uh, a 19-year-old kid playing with a lot of uh, grown men in the Allsvenskan, maybe is how it's pronounced, league, don't
2: over ask, there. Don't ask me, brother. That's, <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's one of their top leagues there.
2: Yeah. And
0: he had five assists in 41 games, uh, which, I mean, doesn't scream out at you. But, again, when you're a young kid playing a with a lot of guys that are uh, bigger and stronger than you, uh, that's, that's going to happen. When he was, um, you know, in his last season with the – uh, super elite league which is their under 20 league um he played in 42 games in seventeen eighteen, and had six goals and 25 assists in 42 games so 31 points 42 games he does have that offensive um skill set there it's just a matter of honing it and maybe growing into his body a little bit and um, then getting used to the north american ice at this point
2: yep Absolutely. And we all know that, uh, that like, you know, for the longest time, like a player like Oscar Steen, just, just as a forward gritty fast forward. I mean, his point production was really low, but then, you know, obviously last year it was, it increased significantly, but those, those, those players over in, in the European ice and the size and so on don't produce a ton of goals. So, when when you see a player like Anderson only getting five assists doesn't really mean that he's not having a good season. Uh, if you look beyond the stats and beyond what is provided on the internet and you actually have the eye test, um, you know, you, uh, you, you see a difference of a game and when, when things get a little smaller, like you said, and, and the game's more condensed um, that's when you see uh, a lot, I, I believe better development from these younger kids because they're, they're really getting what's what's needed over here in North America to excel at the higher levels, either in the American Hockey League or, 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 fortunately, in the National Hockey League if they make it. Absolutely, I agree. All right, so let's go to the NCAA Men's Division One Hockey. Uh, let's go to the Big Ten Conference, the University of Michigan. Uh, Bruins 2015 7th round pick Jack Becker has not seen action in his last three ga- three Wolverine games. Uh, his last action was on November 30th. Pure speculation here, but his absence seems to be injury related as Becker has been a solid third liner this season alongside fellow Bruins prospects um, and, and, and far more physical than he has in his past two seasons. Uh, we'll certainly keep an eye for updates on, on the situation and give uh, give forward news uh, in upcoming shows like next week. I'll try to reach out to uh, the University of Michigan PR and see if I can get anything out of them on Becker. Um, but um, fellow teammate and Bruins uh, draft pick 2019 first round selection, John Beecher, who missed two games himself, due to an injury dating back to November 23rd, returned to the ice on Friday, December 6th against Penn State and immediately got to work with a goal in the second period. Uh, The next night on December 7th, he would go pointless, giving him five goals, four assists, nine points, and 16 games in his freshman year with the Wolverines. Michigan gets back to the ice in the Great Lakes Invitational with a game on Monday, December 30th. Now, this Great Lakes Invitational is weird because you don't really see NCAA hockey players play two games in one day, but listen to this. So they they play game one on Monday, December 30th against Ferris State, and then they play two games on Tuesday, December 31st, which is obviously New Year's Eve, with an 11.30 a.m. game against Michigan State and back at it in the same day at 2.30 p.m. against Michigan Tech. Isn't that strange? That is that is
0: real strange
2: <laughs> so so I can imagine that by the Michigan Tech game that that team is going to be so worn out I'm not sure they might they might as well bring their B team up and play because <laughs> that's just crazy. I mean, I, I have a had enough time getting through one game uh, a week, never mind, two in a day.
0: yeah, that's insane.
2: Uh, Going to the ECAC hockey conference, the University of Yale Bulldogs 2018 fourth round selection, Curtis Hall returned to the Bulldogs lineup since his last action on November 22nd against St. Lawrence, where he had a two goal effort, uh, one in the first period and his second in the third frame. Hall would leave the game against St. Lawrence with an upper body injury and wouldn't return. Curtis would miss the next two games with a shoulder injury. Hall would make his return to the Yale lineup against RPI on Friday, December 6th, and got back on the score sheet the next night on December 7th with a uh, first-period assist against Union College. Next game for Hall is a non-conference matchup on December 10th, which is tonight uh, as we record uh, against the University of Maine. And uh, by the way, I dug up a little info – and I think you might have said this yet uh last week that uh Maine and Yale are in action tonight, December tenth, on Nesson Plus. So if you folks have are fortunate to if I get this out in time and you're fortunate enough to watch, um, go check it out because uh Jeremy Swayman will be playing in that and we'll talk about him in a moment.
0: Yeah, it it is on Nesson Plus. It's also on ESPN plus. So um yeah. Lots of, lots of ways to catch that game.
2: Yes. Okay. And, um, and it was kind of weird, but we are going to go to the Hockey East Conference, University of Maine Black Bears, and talk about 2017 fourth-round selection, Jeremy Swayman. And that's where I ended my talk because my favorite uh, websites um, on Monday, yesterday, seemed to not be working. And from my co-host, Tim, and, and, and his knowledge – uh, advised me that everybody's probably doing their updates and doing all their rankings and so on, so the site might be a little overloaded and uh, down. So with uh, with all that said, I'm going to give it to the the maniac himself, Tim Richardson. Here you go. This is your show. Talk about your boy, Jeremy Swayman.
0: Yeah, so uh, it looks like the Black Bears and Swayman uh, had a little bit of a rough uh, weekend here. They had two games against the UMass Minutemen, and uh, the Friday night game uh, they lost uh, five to one, which is really not great. The thing is, is uh, UMass had forty-two shots on goal, so Swayman managed to stop thirty-seven of forty-two um, in the loss. I mean, he got peppered all game, and. Maine only had twenty shots on goal themselves, so it's just it's just tough to win that way. Um, Swayman, despite giving up the five goals, still looks really good. I mean, a lot of guys in his situation would be giving up more than five goals on those shots, so um, good on him for at least making it somewhat respectable, uh, unfortunate for the team, uh, but good for him nonetheless now. The second the next night uh they had another really tough game uh where they lost uh four to one uh, swimming got peppered again. he had uh thirty uh three shots on goal, and he actually stopped thirty of them. He only gave up three goals uh the fourth goal was an empty net goal uh Maine only had twenty four shots themselves scoring one goal, and they played the last. Uh, three minutes and five seconds of the game uh, with an empty net To try to see if they could get anything going um, And that was obviously to no avail And uh, so they lost both games, which is tough But, I mean, when when you're giving up that many shots And you're not generating enough yourself That's to be expected As Mark said, um, they do play Yale tonight uh, it'll should be an interesting game. See how they do. Um, after that, beyond that, their next game is not until December twenty ninth. Uh, they play American International College at Orono. Uh, that should be a relatively easy win. I didn't know American International was Division one. Thought they were Division two because pretty sure they played my alma mater. Uh, Southern New Hampshire University, in soccer every year. So that's interesting to see. Um, then January 3rd and 4th, they play the University of Nebraska-Omaha. Um, and the game the 4th, January 4th, is actually a game in Portland. So any of you fans that maybe don't aren't able to get all the way up to Orono, uh, want a chance to see Swayman and the Black Bears in action, uh, yeah, they'll be playing in Portland on January 4th at the Cross Insurance Arena, which is a nice place to see a game. And uh, after that, January 11th, they actually have a game against USA Hockey, next exhibition at
2: Orono. Nice. Well, thank you, Tim, for that update on... Our, one of our favorite developing goaltenders, uh, Jeremy Swayman, uh, University of Maine um, goaltender. So... Um, Uh, Jumping back a little bit, talking about the Beecher, uh, John Beecher, and um, him, John Beecher and Curtis Hall have both been selected to the United States preliminary roster for the upcoming 2020 World Junior Championships Tournament held in cities of Ostrava and Trinek in the Czech Republic. The tournament starts on Thursday, December 26, 2019, which is actually Boxing Day in Canada. And ends on January fifth. Uh, shout out to my boy Ryan Goodwin. That's his birthday, so shout out Ryan. Hopefully you have a good birthday that day. And uh, but that that's when it ends on 2020. So uh, it should be a great tournament. We're gonna check it out. And like we said, hopefully Jakubalko uh, uh, is is available to play in that game and his head's okay because uh, he. I mean, he really, really looks like he's uh, he's, get, he's looking forward to it. And I hate to see this this type of thing. Um, you know, be a a, a a speed bump in his in his road back home. So, um, but basically, that is it for the prospect talk. If you got something else we can discuss, I'm all for it, Tim.
0: Uh no, I think that's everything I had there.
2: Yeah, we. I did too. I just I I did a bunch of notes yesterday. Kind of, i unbelievably got myself prepared without coming home and rushing to to do a show. So, I'm uh, I'm feeling good about. Um, my preparation and <laughs> research. So um, once again, we're going to end episode eight of the black and gold prospect podcast. Uh, Tim, thank you so much again for your commitment to the pro- uh, the program, commitment to the team. Uh, please follow Tim at Tim Richardson, Tim R Richardson um, and follow his, his great work covering the Providence Bruins. He previews the, the weekend's action every week. Uh fantastic job, great asset to the team. Um, and read his work at black and Um, and you follow me at black and gold277 on the Twitter. You can also follow my work when I have time to write a damn article uh, at the black and com too. But uh, thank you very much to our Patreon listeners. If you want to be a part of the Patreon, please go to patreon.com/slash black and go hockey podcast, donate a dollar per episode. Uh, it's not that much, but it really helps us um, uh, take care of our out-of-pocket costs to, to you know, put the show on. Uh, we do some really good giveaways, uh, t-shirts and so on. Um, and if you can't contribute financially, please, we ask that you uh, just hit the share button on Facebook or retweet uh, with your friends. So uh, moving it forward really helps us out. And we certainly appreciate all the listeners. Um, we actually do have a... I forgot to do that. Um, the, uh, the war, the, I'm sorry, the Apple podcast review. We had a nice review that I forgot last week and I forgot this week again, but it was from Ken bar. Um, damn that, that week flew right by, but Ken wrote a, a great uh, our, um, little review about us saying that we're doing a great job on the, on the prospect podcast. Uh, very insightful, uh, knowledgeable, and um you know, the weekly updates and, and, and what's to come the week ahead has been very helpful to him and other listeners. So um, I was paraphrasing there. I'm sorry, but um, thank you, Ken, for the kind words and the, and the five-star review. It's unbelievable. But yeah, and, and also, if you're listening to this program, if you have a second, please just, once it's over, go to Apple Podcasts or any podcatcher that you currently use and please leave a five-star rating and uh, write some words about us or something we should add or, or what should we do or, you know, or anything like that. I mean, we're, we're definitely full uh, of suggestions um, and willing to listen, but ultimately those five stars are so important to this program and the Black and go hockey podcast. Cause it really gets our program out there and when people do searches and so on, our name comes up at the top and it just really helps us. So, with that being said, we will get together next week uh right before Christmas, I hope. Uh, Tim, are you going to have time to do a show next Tuesday? Um
0: uh, Yeah. Get- I sh- yeah, I will I'll I'll be good to do a show next Tuesday, absolutely.
2: Okay, great. We will get back together next Tuesday. Um probably not so much NCAA talk because of the finals and 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 the holiday break and so on, but we will give you what you need to know from the American hockey league and the, the Quebec major junior hockey league and, and possibly get you ready for the world juniors with some information about that. So uh, whether it be a 10 minute program or we're going on an hour now, we're going to have some information for you. So again, thank you so much for listening uh, and take care.